Town is a special African-American community. With special people. Most of the early arrivals came to Sarasota looking to better their lives. An indomitable spirit emerged out of their struggle, and a strong faith ushered them through many challenges. The Newtown Alive Project recorded oral history interviews to preserve community history and pride. I'm Vicki Oldham. I am so thrilled to be talking about one of our Sarasota city commissioners and a former mayor, Willie Shaw. And I am talking about Willie Shaw with Edna Shirell. She worked on his campaign. And so I feel like, you know, Willie Shaw. And even though you're not from here, you are so much a part of this community, Edna. You really, really are. That means a lot. It really does. That absolutely means a lot to me. Even though you're from Gary, I just feel like you're a new towner for some reason. Wow. Yeah. That that's a compliment. Um, I remember coming here and seeing some uh, definite systems in place. I mean, this was a community that that had it going on, and and was becoming more open to people coming from other places who wanted to be a part of this community that that had it going on. So mm-hmm. I was fortunate to meet some some wonderful people and find out some history that I would not otherwise have known. And I think that Mr. Shaw is one of those historians who could give you the lay of the land. Isn't it interesting the way he talks about this history? You put it really, really well. Please describe it because... Well, you described it better than I could. Well, I, I've listened to Mayor Shaw many, many times, of course, you know, having worked on his campaign and and, and having watched, uh, as I've watched a lot of commissioners, I have seen his passion for the community. And I've also seen kind of how he how he sees things that have to do with history. And he thinks in a grid. Former Postal Service employee that he is, he literally sees the history in its place, in its geographical place. Uh, so he can give you addresses, he can give you people's names, and he can give you the physical location of where a corner was that something that is no longer there was. You know, so it is so interesting watching that grid operate because he sees it as it was, and I think at the same time, he wants to push it forward to what Sarasota could be or so to what Newtown can be, mm-hmm. if you will. So. We're going to then um, talk about his uh, background. Let him um, share his background and his, uh, you know, information about his family. What is your name? My name is Willie Charles Shaw. And your title? Which one? I'm Minister, Reverend. I am um, Commissioner, District 1, the City of Sarasota. And I'm President the mayor of the city of Sarasota. Mayor Shaw, tell me about your earliest recollections of uh, Sarasota. Before you do that, though, tell me who your parents were and and were they from Sarasota, born and reared? Yes. I'm, I'm the oldest living 
son of my mother and dad, Wade and Naomi Shaw. My mother was born in Talavas, and my dad was born in Alachua, Carmen, Alachua. So I was remembering something you said uh, before we started uh, to roll. You said that your grandparents came to work on the railroad? My great-grandfather and his brothers were railroad men who came through here by 1903, bringing the Seaboard Railroad in. And what did they do on the railroad? They were Ganda dancers, and uh, the Ganda dancer was the people who built the tracks, laid the tracks. And, uh, I've never heard that title or that term before. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your early recollections my, my, of growing up. I, I suppose it was in Overtown. No, 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 no. I'm born in Black Bottom. I'm raised in Black Bottom. I'm raised here in Newtown. What is today 32nd Street, right in front of Booker. That's where I was born and raised. We have... Family. Well, tell me about this Black Bottom term. I, Black I, Bottom. Uh, yes. oh, 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 uh, the area coming off of uh, uh, Maple and uh, what is today Goodrich. Goodrich didn't go all the way through. All of that from 29th back to uh, what is today MLK is filled in. That was all swampland. There's a set of trees you might find in uh, behind Jerome Stevens, uh, that line Mr. Daly, and where Fred Atkins lived, you'll find a, a line of palm trees there. That was the old roadway, roadbed, that we would travel from um, Amarillo's Park. Well, Amarillo's Park, where did that name come from? Do you know? Amarillo's is a subdivision in the original plat, platting of the properties here. And, and that's how Amarillo's came about. Amarillo's. I'll have to look at, up that name to see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's altogether different from uh, the association. And, and your grandmother, Sister Herring, um, Mrs. McDougall, Miss James, Eva, not Eva James, but uh, Benola James, all of these people lived in the area uh, of 32nd and that. And they were, how this organization itself came about is that when we had a death in the neighborhood, those women would put together food and see that uh, flowers were brought about. My mother brought the idea of the um, soda and sewing on either a heart or a ribbon uh, around the sleeve of the men on the right sleeve to show that you were a family member. I remember this. I remember yeah, the, yeah, the baskets how, of gifts, the food, and And, and the that's flowers. how the actual, it was one of the oldest neighborhood associations here before it became an association. Your grandmother, uh, Ms. Viola, carried it on for a very long time, and uh, it thrived into what it is today. But I was... Uh, Reverend uh, Herring and Sister Herring, between Osprey and 32nd Herrings, there was Mr. Paul Hager lived on the first team there, and then there was the Herrings, and then there was Eleanor Ball, Mr. Matt Ball, and those. Uh, when Miss Adamay Dixon and those moved in uh, there, well, that was the south side of 32nd. On the, on the north side, we had Mr. Stovall. Uh, we had uh, the Stevens, and we had also uh, the Horns. 
that came along there. That was before the street was paved out. Streets didn't get paved until 1968. The original paved streets was the route of the bus. Oh my goodness, your memory is incredible. Give me some some boyhood stories. Boyhood stories? Yes. Well, 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 listen, We didn't have, uh, uh, when we go back to the, the, the term Black Bottom, you would come off of MLK or Osprey, you came between Miss Broxton and Miss Mabel Powell uh, to come into uh, where Jetson is now. There was a two-story rooming house there, and those were three paths that you, you came through. And uh, you would come down what is today church paved, but it was just a, a, a trail at that time. And we would turn out what is now 29th, that was a trail that led uh, up to Mr. Joe Mo, uh, Mr. Joe Green. Um, How are you, why are you so familiar with all of these families and this na- these names? You know, it's as if you knew them all. I did. I did. Why? Uh, I mean, what, how do you... How did you get to know all of these people? You were raised up with them. Are you saying that everybody knew everybody? Yes, very, very much so. Very, very much so. You couldn't pass anybody that you didn't know. Uh, About how many people lived in this Black Bottom area during the time you're talking about? In in the Black Bottom area, you you, you may have had... because it was some kind of, sometimes transient because uh, Mrs. Johnson had a rooming house in there. She rented out places so there were transient families and other belchers came out of there. Why were they transients coming well, in to work? They would, they would uh, rent from her and then move on to their own places or another area within the, within the community. So Okay, was, so that was their their transition spot before they found permanent housing. Yeah, because many times uh, people would come in, you would know them, but Mm -hmm. it'd only be for a season. I see. And from the people that I've um, talked with, um, they had family members who learned that this was a this was a place oh, with yeah, opportunities. Like, oh, definitely. Sometimes I'm doing a service for the funeral chapel for the, one of the funeral homes. I remember the, a, a set, and uh, I said, "Well, the first group that came in were the Morrisons, and uh, behind them came the Monics, and behind them came Wiz Howard, James Howard, and, and his parents, and, and along with Bobby Jean Green." And and uh, Joe Green, I mean, yeah, and, and Joe Bain, all of those came in, and, and and I was reflecting on who came first. Okay. The Monics came because they worked uh, what is now Johnny's Car Wash. There was a Third Street Car Wash, but it wasn't, and that was right there at Orange and um, uh, what is today Fruitville. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right across from Cheney's Groceries. You know, it used to be a Phillips 66 gas station on that corner, and then Cheney's Market. Well, tell me about your childhood. What was it like growing up? Oh, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was everything. And when you come down Orange Avenue, let's, let's start at um, 31st, coming right from, from the school. Um, there were the Hardys and the Petersons that, that, that lived along there. We were all kin. We were in a marriage in there. The place where Mr. Timmons lived, uh, Gene Timmons, 
Uh, that was a hog pen in that area. My grandmother. A hog started. pen. That was a hog pen. Who owned that? My grandmother. My, my dad's mother owned <laughs> that area, and um, I, I guess my earliest recollection. I have many of those. There was the one time one of Reverend Herring's cows got out, and I was at my grandmother's. I was on my tricycle, and the cow came up behind me, and I can just remember looking over my shoulders. They, they got me. Or the time I fell in the hot water ditch. Now we're talking about over town. My sister pulled me out of the hot water ditch, you know. Hot water ditch? What's yeah. that? Well, um, we had two ice houses. The one that you were familiar with at uh, 6 and Central, but there was another one at 6 and uh, Lemon, what is Lemon today. Mm. That was all railroad track. What is now Cornway was all uh, Black Bottom, 1435 6th Street, the Robinsons and the Chicago Flats. There were a number of uh, uh, hotels and, and rooming houses in that area. So you've mentioned two places where Black Bottom was. Yes, yes, it yes. It was yes, two yes. places? Yes, yes, yes. Black Bottom Newtown was dark. What dark does that mean? The, there was no light. We didn't have streetlights or anything, and, and, and this darkness brought you from where I said Miss Culpepper and uh, the the Miss Bush and the Morelands live. There was a trail that came down through there, and then you turned and you came up and you came. I don't down. understand how people found their way in the at night. You did. You did it. Flashlights, no flashlights. No, no. You Candlelight. Walked. No, you walked. You walked. You just knew. Yeah, you walked, and and and, and it was a car trail, a car path mm. that, that that would carry over. But when it would rain, it would wash out. And oh. tell me something. Why didn't the city leaders think that they should pay well, wait, attention? Wait now, remember we weren't even getting. You do know that. Most of Newtown's mail came downtown or to Miss Ali Suarez, mm -hmm. so because the, the Postal Service did not deliver mail in Newtown. There were no curbside deliveries. Who know. pushed for um, the delivery of mail? Like I said, uh, Sister uh, Patterson uh, and others, once they got in that area, challenged the... Uh, Gordon Heigl in the post office. Gordon was one of, the, uh, you know, of the Heigl Avenue going out to Lido, Siesta Beach. Mm -hmm. That was uh, the postmaster's family. It seems to me that um, all along this history, black folks had to push oh, for what it, they needed and everything, wanted. Everything. There was always, uh, when we had persons like Mr. Neil Humphrey, uh, Rosanna Larkins, uh, Book of Honor and those. Mr. Honor was one of those individuals who was a uh, steward in the uh, Bethel CME. My great my grandmother was a charter member of Bethel CME, Bugle Prophet, and uh, they there were people that spoke up and spoke out. There were a number of white people that they worked for that would back them at a distance. But there was support coming before Ross Boy he was the sheriff. He was a highway patrolman that did driver's license here. He's the last Democrat elected <laughs> to okay. office at any point. 
Is this um, Jim Crow? This was during the Jim Crow era? Well, of course. Okay. Of course. This was uh, up to Jim Crow and, 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 and afterwards. I grew up in segregated Sarasota. I, what was that like? Let's understand something. It, it was your way of life, so you didn't know. You knew it was wrong um, because when your cousins and everybody came from uh, up north, they expected difference. They looked for different stuff and wondered why we weren't able to do what they were able to do. You know, like a, a Saturday trip downtown. Everybody, if you came into Sarasota on a Saturday you would find black folk uh, usually around the Seaboard Railroad. That's where Madison's is right now, uh, the train station here. And you would find uh, Dickon Leonard Butler, um, who was a, uh, he worked for Van Dyke. Van Dyke was the station master. Dickon Butler would open the restroom so that black folk had places to go for the restroom because many of the establishments on Main Street didn't allow black folk to use the restrooms. If you went into McCord's, it was all the way back in the back near the elevator and uh, they had colored water fountains and white water fountains. Margaret and Dan had the same thing. So, Margaret and Dan? That was a, a chain I would imagine, before we got to Quick Check. Okay. Okay. Why that, was at third, that was at Third Street. Walter Why? Humphrey was the first uh, bad boy that I know of, of color. Neil, Neil, Neil Humphrey's son, the late Walter Humphrey. Why were they around that railroad? Like I said, that, that was the, your restroom accommodations, and so they would gather there after the train left. Um... And, uh, there was no shopping then, because the the community was so close. The a part mean, of the black community was so close to New uh, Downtown. Uh, no, downtown. this was from everybody in town. Everybody black went downtown to shop on Saturdays. But shop where if you couldn't get in? Oh, you could. They, they would serve you, mm -hmm. but you didn't always have the accommodating. Uh, oh, the facilities. Okay, now tell me about your education. I went to school at. Booker. Uh, Elementary, of Booker. course. I went to school at Booker. There was everything. You only had Booker Elementary and Booker High. So it wasn't called that specifically, Booker Elementary or Booker High. It was just called Booker. Booker. Uh, well, there was the Booker High School that was built in 1953, uh, 54. Who were your teachers? Oh, first grade, Mrs. Mag Green, second grade, Prevail Connors, Barbara, third grade, Miss Barbara Wiggins, fourth grade. Uh, probably one of the most impressive and inspirational people in my uh, childhood life was Aravia Benham Johnson. Why do you say that? Uh, she was, she had taught my dad, oh, she was special. She was special. All of our teachers were special, but she was probably the most influencing individual that had ever she could write with both hands, right and left, and not just. Is it because she spent so much time um, with individual students, or? Everybody in the class was treated the same way. Everybody was, but everybody was special. Mm. There was some moment, some moment in the uh, in the day that you were just hers. Mm. 
you know, and we had probably 30 kids to each class at that time. Wow. Um, so she she helped to groom you into this oh, leader that you are today? I, I would have to say that the entire learning experience at Booker groomed me mm-hmm. because we were taught that you always had to be better. You always had to do better. I remember my grandmother saying, you've got to be 10 times better than Definitely. your uh, white student. because sure. um, Well, we didn't even have the white challenges. My books were brought from Sarasota High uh, School. I can always remember that I, a book I pick up always had a Strickland name in it, the family, Strickland. And there were pages that were torn. There were pages that were torn out. Fifth grade, I had Foster Polk. It was his first year here. And uh, then we had Mr. Robinson in sixth grade. We were the first ones to go into the brand new um, Booker Elementary that was right across from your grandmother's. <laughs> you want to tell me about your high school um, teachers? High school? Oh, in in high school, my um, home teacher first was uh, Mrs. Miller. She came from Manatee County here. She was very, very smart and creative. I had um, Mrs. Daly, Esther Daly, Coach Baker. Turner Covington in band. I had Jamie Jackson Goodman Poe mm-hmm. in math. I had a lot her. of people talk about Mrs. Poe. You have to. You have to. She Booker, was unforgettable. Well, Booker had, uh, and, and I don't think that there was any teacher at Booker that didn't have a master's degree. They were all very selective. There are different takes on the principal, Roland, Roland Wadsworth Rogers. Um, Strict disciplinarian. Oh, you didn't walk on the grass. Booker was built in 1953, got his first paint job in 1963, not because it needed it, but uh, they had to show something being done. You didn't touch the walls. You didn't <laughs> hug the beautiful ladies. You didn't in his presence. <laughs> no, you didn't hug the beautiful. <laughs> no, no, no. How would, how would he know? There were Listen. no <laughs> cameras. Listen. You would sit in an assembly <laughs> on Friday, and, and you didn't chew gum. Mm-hmm. He would look out, and he always made a presentation on Fridays. Every Friday. Every Friday. And he would look out, and he'd say, George Bates, go to my office. <laughs> Pam, Mullen, go see me in the spires. And the auditorium had... Two or three hundred students there. So right. uh, he knew you all. Everybody was known. Did he ever call you into the office? No. You know what? I had uh, one opportunity to go into the office, and it was on a Friday before a football game, mm-hmm. and uh, I had gone to get tickets. In his office, there was the, uh, we, we would go in, and he had a sign behind his desk that says, if you're right, be calm. If you're wrong, be patient. Oh, wow. And you, you know, remember that. That oh, is incredible. Oh, did you play in the band? I did. With, uh, I started off in the band. I tore my lip off in the sixth grade mm-hmm. and had to give up. But what I, did you play? The trumpet. But Mr. Coverton, Turner Coverton, was a most understanding individual, mm-hmm. 
and I was around the band room as a band boy. I issued the instruments and things out because I didn't participate after my lip was torn. That band was the pride and joy of well, the community. Why? Remember, Mr. Valentine came into Sarasota, put Booker's band on the streets within nine weeks of him coming. Uh, that band, that band. Jet, Ed, all those guys played in the in the band. And um, Clifford Jones, one of the major rats. I'm sorry, one of the drum majors. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We get it. <laughs> yeah. But why it. was um why was it such um, pride? Yeah. Why did it instill to such see, pride? To, to, to see our, to, the purple and gold marching, to see Booker. Mm-hmm. You you had the band. You had the band that came through. And uh, in the earlier years, uh, when we did that march, we marched behind Ringland Circus, the elephants and that, and thank God uh, for Mr. Lonnie Logan and uh, Mr. Douglas. Uh, They were were street sweepers. We didn't have the machine rates. These were men that uh, swept the streets with a broom and a 55-gallon drum. Oh, wow. stayed out. Yeah. Besides the uh, Booker School and the band, the church was um, very prevalent in the community. Where did you um, church? Uh, New Bethel. <laughs> I was between New Bethel and Bethel CME because uh, not only was my great-grandmother a charter member of the Mount Tabor Missionary Baptist Church and my grandmother, uh, but... Uh, they also came into New Bethel when it got its start. And my grandmother on my dad's side started over at Bethel Ceremony, so we shared services. Now, do you remember him talking about Black Bottom? because saw a lot of people mentioned that term black bottom and I wondered what that was all about. The rich soil. Thank you. Um, I heard that many times as I was a newbie here and I actually thought, because I'm, I'm visual, I thought that it was a, de- a physically depressed area where you like had to ride down into it. But yes, that beautiful swampy soil that I guess grows a lot of things. When he talked about growing up in Black Bottom and then noted that there was another Black Bottom in Overtown, Overtown. who would have known that? And again, because he knows the terrain and because he can he can grid out things, that does give me a visual there. I was interested in um, his family's ties to the railroad industry on trolleys where just yesterday I was telling a group about how Newtown residents and Overtown residents built the infrastructure of this community and in the state of Florida. And so those railroad workers were so important. I didn't know what a Gandhi dancer was. New term. Thank you, Mayor Shaw. Um, Those are the people who, of course, laid those ties and who thought, who, who in our generation, or maybe who in, maybe who anywhere has honestly looked at a, a train track and said, who put this down? 
But like you said, it was good work. I think it was not just important work, but it was probably something that helped families move along because there was there was pay for laying these tracks down. And it's so interesting that Reverend Shaw's family and so many like them are singularly responsible for how our for how our tracks go, not just through Sarasota, but as you mentioned, there are railroad tracks throughout our state. I, I was thinking of when my mother came in on an Amtrak train and the Amtrak from Chicago to Tampa. Big deal. It's an overnighter. Best price that you ever want to get. And who in this age thinks about who did this for us? You know, who made sure that we could that we could come places safely? But the Gandhi dancers have to be uh, thanked and and, and recognized. And mm-hmm. we know a new term just because. Yes, we do. Now he called a lot of names. I so many times during this interview tried to get the former mayor to tell me a story about the people. But he called a lot of names, Mrs. Mrs. Herring, and this one and that one. You understand what I was I trying do. to get? Oh, oh, I do. I'm Mr. Parnell Mays and Mr. Charlie Jones and Ms. Alice Schwartz, and all these people were part of the fabric. All these people were part of the scenery. What what I think we we want as journalists and you know um, people who love history, the history is what happened. The history is what is is the action, but we can thank Mayor Shaw for volumes, and I do mean volumes, of names, mm-hmm. addresses, streets, locations, and in a very real sense, the parts of Sarasota that, as I've mentioned, are no longer or are no longer in the form that they were 70 years ago. We get some visuals because of what he said. We don't have the stories, mm-hmm. but we got the visual. But nobody else shared those visuals except for him. I've got a lot of stories, but not those visuals. So, so, so you can mix the stories that you have with the visuals he's saying. So when someone says that it was in Black Bottom or that it was on the corner of Pershing and so-and-so, bam, now you know. Exactly. We do get a glimpse of the importance of education and specific teachers that he had that made an indelible mark on his life. Uh, Prevail Barber, second grade, and and I should say I've heard these names many times, and isn't that amazing? Um, I, I am as a book of teacher, hoping at some point in someone's life I've made that kind of um, I've had that kind of influence. But Miss Miss Matt Green, Miss Barbara Wiggins, and the principal, I get tickled every time I think about Roland Rogers. I, I get tickled because he sounds like he was a, an absolute stickler for rules. But everyone who mentions his name says how much they, um, how much they loved him, how much they respected the things that he stood for and wouldn't stand for. No gum chewing, no this, no walking on the grass. We still don't walk on Booker's grass. Really? Yeah, absolutely not. You do not. Uh, That's what I remember um, him, Roland Rogers. Uh, but here, Willie Shaw and the others, even Lewis Robinson, talked about these wingtip shoes that he would wear shined always and how he would dress so sharp. And you know what a a sharp dresser Lewis Robinson was. So um, in looking at this, as this man walked the halls of Booker High School, his persona became a part of the students' personas. Yes. 
that excellence, that you must be better. You must be your best self. That's what I'm hearing every time somebody says uh, Roland Rogers' name. There is this expectation that the standard he set is the standard that should be reached. Looking at uh, people who came through in government, people who are educators, people who are in medicine, people who I'm talking Newtown residents, you know, of times past, they must have, I'm, I won't even say bought into, they must have clearly understood this is the level I must live on. I live in excellence. And, and, and I'm hoping, again, I'm hoping that someone has that kind of feeling about the noble field of education, because that's what Mr. Rogers left. Now, we talked about uh, Jim Crow and it being a way of life. And I wondered, you know, were the people sad? How did they get through Jim Crow? And uh, Willie Shaw simply explained it. It was what we had. We saw that there, that we were treated different, especially when relatives came to Sarasota to visit them from the north and the relatives pointed it out. Well, we are, we're doing such and such a, in such and such a place. Well, what? What's going on here? Why can't I go to a bathroom? If I'm downtown, why can't I go to a bathroom anywhere uh, near me? I was a bit taken, and it makes me sad to, to look at the, at the rights that, that everyone should have had. But I clearly understand if that is what you are told to do and if that's what everybody's doing, um, it's not any different way of life. That certainly didn't stop anyone, as I see it, from being uh, able to move forward in what they wanted to. So that that's the dichotomy for me. Wow. They had lots of things that they being people who were raised during, during Jim Crow or who lived during, during that era. Lots that they couldn't do, places they couldn't go, perhaps even things that they couldn't say. And that did not stop so many people from moving forward with the excellence in their own lives, the education that was going to make a difference. And that's not just a nod. That is a, that's an incredible thing that it was a way of life and we went for the life that was better. Exactly. Preachers were strong. Remember, the strongest people within our community at that time and the voices of the community were the funeral home directors, the undertakers, and, uh, and the um, preachers and people like Neil Humphrey and Hubbard Jenkins, uh, A.C. Payne. The business owners, too. The business owners, because our dollars circulated within the community. And so they didn't work for white folk. So they could respond and they didn't have to worry about being fired. They didn't have to worry because the black community took care of them. I see. What did you do for fun? Everything. Uh, I had the largest playground in Newtown. I had Booker High School, Booker School campus because it was just across the ditch from where I lived. And playground equipment? The swings, the, the sliding boards. Uh, they, they had a uh, spinner at that time. Marbles? Um, Oh, you had to shoot marbles. Everybody shot marbles. My daddy shot marbles for my cousin Sylvester against uh, <laughs> Little Moses Ball and everything. My dad was left-handed. Stick ball? Uh, we had bats. We didn't have stick ball. We had bats. But, uh, yeah, we played baseball, um, football. The Spinning hills. tops. Oh, yeah, you had that. <laughs> 
we haven't even gotten halfway there. How? So you graduated from halfway through this interview. There's so much. There's so much to share. You graduated from Booker and then went where? Oh, leaving Booker, I, I attended Gibbs Junior College. A bunch of people from here. Went to college at Gibbs. Went to Gibbs Junior College. Across the Skyway every day. And every day? Every day. Every Did you pay? Day. To ride the bus? Yes. No, Manatee County provided it. Manatee County provided a bus for the students of Manatee that came into Newtown to pick up the students. And we traveled there. What did you study? Um, The first place I ever got an F was at Gibbs Junior College. A white math teacher gave me an F. My brothers laughed and laughed and laughed. Why did you get the F? The teaching skills were totally different. Than what you were accustomed to? Definitely. What what was the difference? I don't think the individual took the time to... um, Explain? Explain it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, blah. (laughs) And And you didn't get it. And I lost interest. What was your major? At that time, I wanted to teach history. I wanted to be a history teacher. Okay. Now, where did the military service come in? Right after Gibbs, I joined the United States Air Force in, on August the 24th, 1967. Why? One, my dad was a veteran. Family members had been veterans, uh, served the country, and I, too, wanted to serve. I volunteered and joined the Air Force. And it was funny, about two weeks after getting there, my mom, when I did get an opportunity to use the telephone, told me that there was a letter that came. And what it was was the, uh, dear so-and-so, your services are needed for the United States Army, the draft. I had been drafted, but I had already volunteered and was in the Air Force. For the Air Force, okay. I only served four active years, and there were six years of active reserve when we came out. But uh, Were you in combat? No, no. I'm a Vietnam-era veteran, and, and, and I, I do that because of, and I, I, I quickly make that understood, because there are a lot of men who latch on to um, that experience. My classmates, I had classmates and uh, individuals that I grew up with that were in country on the ground. So I can't dare take uh, their honor for being a Vietnam veteran. I'm a Vietnam era veteran. I served in the United States Air Force. I served in uh, Korea. I was there when they took the Pueblo and um, those individuals were kept in North Korea. As a matter of fact, the only captive naval vessel is that Pueblo in uh, North Korea. It's just there today. Okay. Tell me more about the jobs. You were worked for the post office for a long time. I, I came into the U.S. Postal Service uh, coming back from the military. I got in the Postal Service. Uh, I, carry, I was a carrier for 18 years or more. Uh, I had five different routes that I carried. Uh, they were the same five. I was a relief carrier there. While in the Postal Service, I was a steward. 
uh, Chief Steward, Vice President, and President of the local branch of the NALC. But I follow people like Jerome Stevens, who was the first black hired in the Postal Service here in Sarasota. Glenn Pinkston, I follow a, a series of very, very strong uh, black men at that time who had uh, came the way of the Postal Service. Let's talk about your role now as uh, mayor. Wow, I understand now why you must be uh, Sarasota's mayor. You've seen so many changes over the years and uh, how Sarasota has changed and how our black community has changed. What kind of vision for the future do you have for Newtown, having seen it from its very beginnings? Well, one of the things that has driven me more than anything is that the identity of Newtown. Presently, we who are of color only own 32% of the property within Newtown. We are now 68% of the vendors and vineyards within our community. I'm very, very big on changing the landscape, restoring the landscape, uh, and bringing about a greater vitality to uh, North Sarasota as a whole. Education-wise, there are many opportunities being presented to North Sarasota at this time at our schools of learning. The stick in the mud there is that so many of our students from this area are being bused to other schools. And so before I run and say, yes, bring that on, first, who's it going to benefit in the education side of it. Uh, Economics, right now, the average resident in Newtown, uh, the median income for the city of Sarasota is $49,000 a year. In our area, it's about twenty-four. dollars We are 46% living under poverty, 16% of the population. Presently, there are only 89 persons of color working for the city itself. Of Sarasota, that's sixteen percent. Why so far behind? Why the gap? Um, I think that quite frequently we become distracted. There are other things we have, other voices. Our priorities are very difficult to set because uh, we have yet, as a community, learned how to work together. We just celebrated a hundred. And it was so discombobulated. Instead, did we have a day or a weekend where everybody born in Sarasota came back to Sarasota? Did we have a day for Newtown? No. Well, why? Because this voice was speaking, that voice was speaking, I'm in charge. I, me, I. We haven't grown beyond that. One of my visions is to work toward working across the aisle or working with others to bring about a greater understanding. Some of our arguments are very, very frivolous. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to see the landscape change. I want to see uh, a destination point or points within the MLK Business Corridor. I want to see the benefits of a true CRA 
effort within this portion of the community. And community redevelopment. The total, yes, definitely. What about um, grooming new and young leaders? Oh, very much so. It is, in, in talking to some of our youth and younger people, uh, in, in, in a recent meeting, uh, that was my conversation. How do we create succession? Uh, how, who comes behind me? If you're not on our advisory boards, if you're not become a t participant in your neighborhood association, mm -hmm. um, if you're not seeking these things, then those challenges remain the same. Here's something to think about as well. Um, from what I can gather from observations, when our young, ambitious leaders-to-be graduate and go off to college, many don't return home. Believe but me. I'm seeing a resurgence. I'm hearing we, about a resurgence. We, we, we do have a resurgence. It's re there is a resurgence. They are hungry to learn. They are very hungry to participate. And in many instances, we have old school or others who... Um, Want to uh, keep the rest of the power. Rest Want the power. to keep it. And, and, and power is is sometimes misunderstood. We're not leveraging it properly. We stay divided. Mm -hmm. If we're going to do something, let's do it, and let's do it right the first time. Are you optimistic about Newtown's um, oh, future? Oh, highly, highly, highly. Of course I am. Of course I am. My efforts are to see, and, and I do this with our EDCs, and wherever I get an opportunity to speak, I, I bring this to the forefront. Sooner or later, we're going to have to remove the block on our applications because many of our young people are now in their 20s, uh, late, later, latter 20s are better, and they got an infraction upon their lives at 14 or 15, and that harbors them and hampers them from... Uh, getting a job today because we can't fill the application. Changing the landscape requires a lot of work, but not all of the time are you able to convey this because of the eyes and the means. I've done that. I, it's not necessary. How do we get the job done? Mayor Shaw, anything you'd like to add? You've covered a lot of ground. Oh, only that I, I am looking forward to uh, our creating and getting this project as far out into the future as we possibly can, because I think that here during this historical uh, trek through our story from different individuals and from different perspectives, is going to be the way that we hold ourselves together. And one of the things that you mentioned was the church. The churches and the role that they play in this change or in this has to be, has to be uh, the place we go once again. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, 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 very Happy to see this uh, project uh, unfold, and I look forward to working with you, the task force, in any way that I may assist you in the future. 
Thank you. No, thank you. Churches were quite important in this Newtown community and pastors were important. Church was one of the few places where we could go to socialize. That that's that's true. I mean, I, I absolutely see that it wasn't just the religious upbringing, which is important, but that would have been where you would be able to have all the fun that maybe other people were having um, uh, at their halls things. doing other things. How, right. uh, how cool is that? Looking at uh, Reverend Shaw's notes, I knew that there are oldest churches like Bethlehem is the oldest church, right? When other churches uh, came into Newtown, was it a denomination that was coming from outside? Was someone um, moving here saying, um, we need um, another Baptist church? How did that happen? Because all I've seen are these, well, I've seen these old, well-established churches. And comparing it once again to Gary, there were there were churches, I'm thinking probably four in a square mile, lots and lots of churches. And many of them were new. What I saw moving here was some old established churches that I did, you know, just in my, hmm, I wonder how that happened. The second um, church built by and for African-Americans was Payne Chapel AME Church. And so you had to follow the history of the, the AMEs and how they you know, did not perhaps serve um, African-Americans. And so they had to break off and form a church. Let's move on to Willie Charles Shaw's thoughts about Newtown and his visions for Newtown's uh, future. I think part of what I enjoyed about working his campaign um, is the the going back to, you know, to recognize uh, Newtown uh, of days gone, Newtown now, and then Newtown's future. I think that the most important thing I can say that he might leave as a, a legacy or might have left as a legacy during his, you know, during his time in government is uh, he is committed to Newtown having that same community to that that feeling of closeness that makes any part of town uh, rise. Right. At the same time, there's the acknowledgement that as generations come, changes have to be made. So we have to find a way to mesh those things together, keep the values uh, going, but but make room for the many other things that uh, any community needs because of what because of what growth means. So things are not going to remain the same. No, exactly. The things that should remain are protecting what everyone worked for. Right. And definitely protect the identity its identity, even as things around are, uh, are changing. Now, I did ask him about growing new leaders. And apart from how he answered it, how are we going to grow young leaders? Edna, you are in a position to, um, <laughs> to help groom new leaders. What do you, what do you say? How do wow. you do it? You, you know what? You, you make sure that every person knows first that they have a voice, recognizing that you have a voice and an obligation to make certain that things go the way that you feel they should. If you don't feel that you own something, you won't speak up for it. And reminding people, I love how you mentioned identity. Newtown is ours. The way we protect it is to make certain that it is safe. Its its facade is kept. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. I mean, its infrastructure is all there, but it's there for you. 
it's there so that when you are, um, and wow, I say this all the time, you know, 10 years from now, should you have a family, you're going to want to walk down the street and say, hey, I used to do so-and-so. That's going to mean something to, to, the, to the little person with you. If you're mentoring somebody, you should be able to point and say, oh, well, this is what I learned or this is what I learned about such and such a booker. You're going to want somebody to someone who looks up to you to know that you were a part of this. And I think that's where we get our leaders from. People who understand this is mine. I'm a part of it. If something is um, if something's not working like I needed to, how do we get it fixed? What's the process and what part can I play in it? And secondly, if something's not thought of, I may be the person to think of it. Mm-hmm. So it starts where we were so many years ago. <laughs> and we had no idea we that no, we were going to be <laughs> no, no. leading and doing what we're doing now. No. I think mm-hmm. we are going to have to see some leadership traits and characteristics in people that we kind of work in the round in the community, awesome. even if they're mm-hmm. out, even if they're already graduated and out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, pick them out pick and them say, out. hey, what can I do to help you? There or you have you thought about have you thought about such and such? Have you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah have you? Um, I, I don't think people uh, recognize how easy it is to get involved in something, how simple it is to simply register to vote. Um, which is which is super um, important to protect. I think some people who have obvious leadership skills just don't see themselves as that person uh, as that person until you ask them or I ask them. You ever think about getting on this co- committee? We got it. Okay. I see that assignment. <laughs> That's our assignment. That's an ongoing assignment for you, for me, wow. and for others wow. in the community who have, um, you know, already reached a certain point because mm-hmm. we've got to have um, other city commissioners in the queue Correct. and ready to, to move go. on up. You're right. Funding for this program was provided through a grant from the Division of Historical Resources at the Florida Department of State. Visit NewtownAlive.org for more information on this episode and other projects.